Sherm Chester and Sam Bruno, along with our special guest, Mike Murphy, on this edition of the Seacoast Sports Forum. Mike, the Associate Athletic Director of Marketing Communications at UNH for the Wildcats. And uh, Mike, you've got a, a new boss over there. It's a new era. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something else. Dr. Allison Rich has uh, joined the team July 25th, her official first day, was announced right after the 4th of July weekend, and we had the introductory press conference at the Service Credit Union Victory Club on July 14th. So I feel I feel like I know, and she prefers to be called Allison, but it's important to note she's a lawyer, has a doctorate degree, brilliant person but down to earth. So I feel like I know her just because of the preparation going into the announcement and then the press conference, but her first day in the office, July 25th. And let's hope that, uh, you know, July 26th, I'm still here. I think she's, I don't think she's coming in with a broom looking to sweep everybody out. I think she's looking no, to join. No, no, it, it, yeah, no, no, no way, man. No way. You're, you're, you're integral to the whole system for sure. No doubt about it. <laughs> well, that's all I need to hear guys. You did a great job of, in the uh, introductions that day at the press conference and, uh, and uh, this, like you say, a, a, a lady who's got the credentials uh, replacing a, a legend, Marty Scarano. Give us a little feel for Marty's last days in, in the, at the helm of UNH Wildcat sports. It's weird. I'll be completely honest. It's very weird because Marty is a legend. I'm glad you said that Sherm, yeah. because the, the, you only toss that word around when it matters. And at UNH, we've had some legends move on in recent times. Coach McDonald. Right. In fact, when Coach Mack retired, and people remember that press conference, and he's been gone and Coach Santos has been in place for months, Marty Scarano announced his retirement first. But the process to find the successor took all through winter into spring and into summer before Allison Rich was ultimately hired. So Marty's been working all along. But now this week, as we talk today, is the week where he's packing up his personal belongings and ready to yield the throne, uh, as we say. But so it's been strange because I've been so close to Marty for a long time before I worked for him, getting to know him, but I've worked for him for 12 years and uh, just a solid individual, the ultimate in what an athletic director should be, always put the interests of the student athletes and the staff before his own. And in this world where college sports is changing by the day, it seems, uh, Marty Scarano is a man of high integrity and has brought us to heights, meaning UNH, that had never been seen before. Sam? Uh, Mike, uh, nice to see you again. I hope uh, and congratulations on uh, the birth of your new grandson. Uh, yeah. That was great news to hear. You must be Thank quite you, excited. Sam. Yes, we buried the lead, but uh, the king of the north, as I call him, Michael Gary Doucette, <laughs> born on June 22nd. To my daughter Katarina and son-in-law Elias up in the lovely country of Littleton, New Hampshire. Ah. So, as a Concord guy, the I-93 trip I have it memorized <laughs> here, going up and down, uh, and it's been it's been a lot of fun here this first month. And Sherman, I think, it told me it, it gets better all the time, and he wasn't lying. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It gets, yeah I, I'm I'm a veteran now of eight grandkids and uh, two more on the way. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! I don't want to pressure anybody, but I'm okay with that. Sherm, Sherm wins. <laughs> Mike, I guess before we move on to talk a little bit about uh, the plans for uh, Dr. Rich, uh, uh, one quick Marty Scarano story that's a favorite. Oh, boy, a quick Marty Scarano. The thing with Marty is that you could always jab him, you know? He's a guy's guy. And people who don't realize how close we are 
Sure mentioned I emceed Allison Rich's introductory press conference. I'd say I played it straight, I hope. But sometimes, you know, with every end of the year, the senior showcase is the event where we give the year-end awards. And I always had the, I shouldn't always, but in the years I've done it, probably 10 times now, Marty talks. And I always introduce Marty. And each year became, what can you say next to just jab him? And some people would look at it and say, okay, here's a man who, Needs no introduction, but demands one anyway. It's the straw that stirs the drink. And, you know, as the movie Smokey and the Bandit says, a legend and an out-of-work bum look an awful lot alike. Here's Marty Serrano. And how many bosses would allow you to do all those things? And right. he would encourage next time do it more, and he would love it. And just being able to hang with him, all these football road trips, you know, Marty was always generous and having dinner with us or – getting so excited for the game you know he'd be on the sidelines right next to coach Mack and the team living and breathing it you know and, and whether it's after a big win Monday morning when he'd sit down in the office and talk or after a tough loss and we'd commiserate it's not one story I know I didn't answer your question but that's I want to encapsulate what my relationship was with Marty and, and I'll always cherish that Mike I'm curious about uh when Dr. Rich takes the helm next week um what are going to be some of her initial challenges that she's going to face? Now you have NIL. What's that landscape like? And having somebody with the legal background that Allison has is huge. Let's make sure students have better nutrition, uh, better mental health services, better training aspects, because we want to win. We want to win the right way. So those are things initially. And I imagine in those first 90 days, it's coming up with a strategic plan. So putting pressure on people like myself to explain what it is I do and what our department does and why we do it. And then she will challenge the assumptions. She will say, well, why are you doing this? And I better be able to say because of this. But if the answer is, well, why don't you try this? I got the pen and I got the pad because I, we, those of us who work here are looking forward to the challenge of, mm -hmm. we're not like, hey, who's this new kid? It's let's give as much running room as possible. So the learning curve of what UNH is, isn't too difficult and then be ready to jump to the new um, beat because anytime you bring somebody new in, you have to learn the cadence, yeah. what the job is. So there's a lot, there's definitely a lot going into it. As a top administrator uh, of, a, of a division one athletic program, I was quite impressed by the first comment that she made was that after she puts the things down, her personal items down on her desk, she's going to start meeting with everyone in the athletic department from top to bottom and just hear what they have to say, good and bad. Um, I think that's, uh, that's probably uh, tells a lot about the kind of person she is. Any good manager never goes in with the philosophy of a, of a new broom sweeps clean. You've got to take and, and no the territory and the people that you're going to be working with first before you make any of those crucial decisions. But before we do anything else, let's play a couple of minutes of the introductory press conference that Mike referred to back on July 14th. And we'll just get an idea of uh, some of her ideas about athletics in, in general. Athletics plays a critical role in the educational mission of the university. And some of the lessons that student athletes learn through athletics participation include leadership, teamwork, strategic thinking. I think the most important takeaway from athletics participation though, especially now more than ever, is the resilience that grows from working through the inevitable failures in sports. 
nobody wins every play or every game in sports. We do try, and we're going to work to keep keep doing that. But nobody does. Nobody wins everyone. But the most important thing is getting up and learning from those disappointments, which then make us that much stronger and more successful. We're going to provide these tools, resources, and perspectives to our student athletes to help them achieve their best performances on and off the fields of play, supporting their physical, emotional, and mental health. Throughout my career, I've experienced and learned as much as I possibly could about NCAA Division I athletics and higher education, always with the goal of becoming the director of athletics at an outstanding institution that matches my values and prioritizes both academic and athletics excellence. And I found that in UNH with its rich tradition and history. I love that this is an R1 research institution, but with that clear priority to provide an outstanding undergraduate education and experience to our students. And there's an incredible people-first culture that I just keep finding here, which provides such a strong foundation for everything else. We have a strong athletics program and have shown that we can compete and achieve success at the highest levels of Division I. Our men's soccer, swimming, and skiing programs are just some of those leading the way. And I'm committed to supporting all of our sports, including football, hockey, basketball, and everybody, to continue building on and, and improving our historic successes. Dr. Allison Rich, the new Director of Athletics at the University of New Hampshire in Durham. Mike Murphy, you were there. Takeaways from, from what you heard from Dr. Rich. I'll say from that last snippet, I thought it was impressive that Allison talked about those teams that have had success most recently. Men's soccer has been doing a tremendous job of perennial power in the NCAA. Skiing just had its best finish in over four decades at the NCAA championships and swimming won the America East championship. So that was important that she made it clear this is programmatic success. And she brought up the, the revenue sports, the ones people tend to focus on with football, hockey, basketball, and wanted to be successful there. But I also like that Allison said she's been working towards this. You know, she was at Princeton, her alma mater, for the last nine years. So, you know, academics are a big priority. But she has been to the University of the Pacific, Cal State Fullerton, Florida State, and has had experience in everything from external relations like ticketing and marketing to um, working NCAA. She worked in the NCAA office even earlier in her career, and she's from Chicago, went to um, law school there in Chicago, but she understands legislation and is on top of those things as well. So she's done so much all for this opportunity. You have to be well-rounded to get a job of that caliber and to think President Dean and the search committee, remember, this is the president's hire. This isn't an athletics hire. They did their due diligence. They looked nationwide, and they found somebody who is ready for this opportunity. Sam? I think, uh, I think you're right on there. Uh, certainly, her legal background is going to come in uh, as an important factor, Mike, especially as we get into the world of uh, name, image, and likeness and compliance. And not only the, the NIL is one thing, because how do you monetize if you're a student athlete? Are you professional? Are you amateur? The other thing is this, there's a transformation committee in the NCAA and transferring, which we already know made a big change where you could go from school A to school B and not have to sit out a year. Now we're headed down a path where you could transfer from school A to school B to school C to school D. It almost sounds like free agency. And wow. I think most students don't want, student athletes don't want to go down that path where they're changing. But coaches, all of us have to get out of the mindset of, oh, this is a great freshman. Can't wait to see what she or he is doing by the time they're a senior. 
Right. I have to hope they're still there by the time they're ashamed. Sure. And that, right. that's going to be a real change. This is not just one and done, which changed college basketball all those years ago. This is where, I hate to say it, but it will feel like free agency when the biggest names in college sports, forget UNH, biggest names at the biggest levels. All right, well, this year I played at Alabama football. Well, next year looks like USC has got a better team, so the quarterback goes there. I mean, that's the kind of things that are now permissible. So it's, uh, it's a new world. UNH has got to figure it out because all the schools in America East and Hockey East and the CAA are all playing by different rules. The FBS side of the ledger is a mess right now with what's going to happen in realignment and things like that. What do you think about the future of uh, the FCS and uh, some of the smaller schools? Uh, how are they going to survive what's going on out there? Nothing that affects the FBS, Sam, only affects the FBS. And I say that because USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten. We're not dealing with uh, <laughs> when that happens, you realize, whoa, this is this is a nationwide power five is going to be power two or three. But in the FCS level, we have seen it with the best, most of the best football teams in FCS leaving. James Madison went up to FBS. Right. Sam Houston State won a national championship going up to FBS. Jacksonville yeah. State. Now, North Dakota State, which has been the best, is currently still at this level. But it everything changes. Once somebody moves here, then who's replacing them? The other conferences are looking around and the America East just added new teams, lost Stony Brook. Uh, but, you know, Monmouth comes into the CAA, the first football opponent we're going to have. Bryant is the team that came into the America East. So UNH is in a good spot right now with its conferences, but you always have to be looking at what's coming down the pike because I don't think anybody anticipated a month ago what happened with the California schools joining the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. So you know you have to just think of all the things that didn't happen where conversations must have occurred, even at this level, you always have to be wondering what, where, how do you position yourself, your school, your programs, so you're not caught flat-footed when somebody defects or a league suddenly doesn't look the same as it did. She comes in with a to-do list or, or putting together a to-do list. What, what do you think some of her top priorities will be as far as sports programs and or facilities? Yeah, and she prefers to go by Allison. I know that the, the doctor thinks she's earned it, which is great, but she's so down to earth. Allison is, is a big part. That's how I I haven't forgotten she has a doctor. <laughs> I want to go by her preferred name. So anyway, the question you asked is, what is she doing for? That's a great question, Sherm. And I think it's it's taking that holistic approach first. Okay, meet the coach. How is your program? What do you need? Next coach, what do you need? And then within reason, take that information, parse out, all right, here's what we really need. Now, you know, the air conditioning, whatever, that's one joke because what does it cost? You know, you learn at UNH, there's not money, limitless money, right. but what can we do within the confines of what we're doing? What can we do better, be more financially responsible and then spend in these areas? You know, it's, I've been part of multiple people changing. I, I work for multiple people and each time the personality is different. Our approach is different. So it's finding out in those first 90 to 100 days what Allison feels is the best direction for UNH. And one thing she did bring up in that press conference was the fact that uh, well, Princeton, where she came from, had uh, more sports programs. And she's uh, you know, open-minded to expanding the UNH Wildcat uh, sports family. So uh, did you 
get a feel for what that might mean or? <laughs> I Well, the questions were that way because uh, people, when she was first introduced said, hey, what about bringing wrestling there? <laughs> she came from a school that was wrestling. But when she was here, I heard Jay Pinsano, for example, saying, hey, uh, baseball and softball, what about bringing those back? <laughs> and she's like, well, let me find out where my office is first and then I can address those things. Uh, if you're asking me in the next two to three years, will we see a new sport here? I'd be surprised. I think it's to do to do things right. You have to evaluate what you currently have mm-hmm. and you know what the future is of all those programs. And I don't see us getting rid of any of these sports. Uh, so are we in a position to add? You know, it'd be nice, right? I'm looking out from the stadium now and what used to be the baseball stadium for those who haven't been here in a while is now almost a fully fledged soccer and lacrosse facility. You know, there's still phase two and the field is there, the pitch, if you will, but we don't have the dance. We don't have a video board to make those programs have the home they deserve. I mean, they're playing a wildcat stadium, which is great in its own right, but we know the future in the next five years is for those programs to have mm-hmm. the uh, cozy confines and even a better home field advantage of a stadium that's specific to their sports. Sam? Speaking of uh, facilities, Mike, uh, a lot of people might not be aware that the Whittemore Center is undergoing some major renovations. Uh, can you give us an update on that? Yeah, the uh, university did, and this goes back to pre-pandemic. The plan was in place that when the season ended in 2019-20, the Whittemore Center needed the ice making equipment and all the ice redone. You know, I'm, not, I'm no genius by any means. Uh, I'm a communications guy. But the fact is there are a few games throughout the years that the ice had shown its age and they needed, we needed to upgrade. And that was the time to take a look. So, okay, if we're going to do this, you know, the Whittemore Center is 27 years old. If you're going to make a big change like this ice making, what else do you want to change? And when the WIT was built in the mid 1990s, the sport of hockey, the trend was to build Olympic size ice. So if you watch the Boston Bruins, they play NHL size 200 by um, 80 or 85. And then the wit was like 200 by 100, a lot wider, bigger. Yeah. And, you, and it was a great uh, facility for so long, but knowing you want to recruit against the other top teams, you want to get players who have aspirations to go to the NHL. You want to play at a closer to an NHL size rank. So it goes from 200 by 100 to 200 by 90. So it's not quite NHL. It's a few feet away, but it's different. You're moving things in. So it'll be a different looking ice. Um, how that changes a few things, but it's still being decided because they're working on it right now. There's a big tarp blocking everything. There's no ice in. So when the hockey players were here this summer, they'd go to Exeter and uh, work out there or go to Dover maybe, I don't know. But I know Exeter was part of it because you have great facilities there. The point is, come September, when they finally pull the curtain out and we'll see the ice in place, then we'll know what it looks like, how it changes things. And uh it's an exciting time. I know both Hillary Witt, the women's coach, Mike Susan, the men's coach, endorsed the change in dimensions and having ice that's suitable for playing, new boards and new uh, glass for safety, and then uh, soon a new sound system. Hey, <laughs> like Sherm, because you know you can have the best voice in the world, like Sherm Chester is, but if you don't have the system to go with it, it sometimes sounded like a subway. Uh, <laughs> that's underwater. That was the most exciting thing I ever did, being down on the ice like that, doing a couple of those games, I'll tell you, and talk about the puck hitting the glass. Ho, 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 and zims over your head like that. 
it, it is great. It is definitely different than, and you, you know, being here at the stadium where you are the voice of God during football or in Lundholm and Lundholm also has a new sound system. You're not yes. going to believe. So when you start talking, and this is for both of you guys as PA guys, the music automatically drops down. That's so cool. oh. heard, and when yeah. you stop talking, the music automatically goes back wow. up. It's unbelievable. That's great. I they're talking to a no audience just to test it out. And That's I'm, great. I'm for basketball and volleyball season. Well, you know, we're, we're in the throes of summer, but, but I know I'm the type of guy after the 4th of July, I get the snowblower ready, but we got fall, fall on the horizon and, and the, the fall sports programs uh, will be getting kicking off here in, in August. Uh, so give us a rundown of what, what uh, you know is happening. I, I, I don't get the snowblower quite ready yet, Sherm, but I, I'm with you. After the 4th of July, I start to get the itch for fall. You know, yep. nothing like being hot and realize how much fun it is when the sports season kicks into gear and nothing against the summer sports because baseball is even more exciting once summer ends and you're in the fall. But right now, getting ready, seeing football guys working out, you know, there's camps all around here. So I drove in today past girls soccer camp. There's been volleyball camp, basketball camp, but the athletes who are here, a number of football players are working out, you know, the coaches can't work with them per se, but strength and conditioning can, and you can have a few meetings here and there, but it's great to see the guys and, and see, geez, he's, he's looks a little bigger than he did last year. And, Oh, wow. Max Brosmer's a uh, healthy now. And we haven't seen him play quarterback and what seems like eons, but he's so experienced that you realize all the other weapons like Dylan Lowby, Brian Espinette with, with, with Max back. I, I think there's much, excitement about the program i know we've had that tough stretch to end the year but i, I believe with uh, coach santos and all the staff most fans would concur that feels like the blip on the radar mm -hmm. uh, getting back to where those last games in november will mean potential playoffs and being ranked again that's where unh should be wants to be and hopefully will be thursday night throwdown september 1st monmouth give us an update it's been five years, Sam, since we opened at home. And last time we did, it was a Thursday night because it was the first week of school. You beat the Labor Day weekend where people tend to do their last trips. And so Thursday night is magical. And so Monmouth, brand new CAA team. And when that game was put on the schedule, it was a non-conference game because, you know, you, you plan these schedules out years in advance. But here it is, their first game in the CAA. It's here at Wildcat Stadium always a highly attended event people are geared up for it and under the lights should be a great way to get things going the first of september did i did i read a press conference a press release something about an agreement with boston college and unh football well you didn't read a press release i have seen those reports and my official terminology <laughs> we talked today is i cannot confirm Okay. Okay. I, that's out there. That's out there. It certainly would be a, a nice rivalry game if that were to happen. Yeah. You can go to Google and see what was said. It was not for this year. And, you know, there oh, are it's out, yeah, it's out. forecast yeah. schedules down the road. And, sure. It's out uh, in the future. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. How about uh, on the paper yet? Let's put it that way. How about the transfer portal? Uh, has UNH and coach Santos been involved in that at all? Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, every, every team, every sport, some more than others, you have to be involved in the portal. So I can't tell you because we haven't started camp yet that guys officially arrive August 1st into the early part of the summer, but we have grad students here from other schools 
And a few have moved on to other, and that's just how it is from now on. It's not a right. UNH problem or an FCS right. problem. It's right. just the way of the world. So if you don't get involved in the transfer portal, you're doing your program and your athletes a disservice. One thing was brought up during the uh, Allison Rich press conference, and she brought it up uh, towards the tail end of, of the uh, of the presentation, that the name image likeness uh, issue that you brought up earlier, you and Sam, I'm just curious from your viewpoint, and you know, we talked trade portal, and another issue was the name image likeness. As a fan, we'll take you out of the take your UNH Wildcat hat off for a minute. Just as a fan, do you see that being a problem? I just think it's going to be tough to get used to, Sherm. Let's take, for example, and I always go to the highest level as a fan. So let's pretend for a minute Michael Jordan is playing at North Carolina to get a name we all remember. And Michael Jordan is a sophomore at UNC. In 2022, chances are he'd be the top five pick in the draft and he wouldn't stay for his junior year. Now, in theory, there could be some many boosters in North Carolina saying, we'll pay you more to stay than to yes. go into the NBA yep. draft. It could be college, yep. Kentucky, you name it, Kansas, where all of a sudden players are going to stay four years because I'm making more money here while I wear this college uniform. Mm -hmm. And when I go to the pros, I won't have the same lifestyle. I think most kids would love to be at college four years. Most of us want to stay 10 years. You know, it's a, it's a great life being on a college campus. It's vibrant. But there's been so much pressure to go pro early. What if you get injured? I think we'll see that. You know, it'll be a, I hate to say a bidding war in some cases, but I think that's what we'll see with, at the very top level. And at our level, I, I think it's exciting for the student athletes to know they can make some money mm -hmm. uh, doing some things. I, I don't think it's going to be quite as dramatic as, you know, it'd be interesting, right, if Ricky Santos and David Ball were playing now, what kind of money they would have made at UNH. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's different. You know, it's hard to get used to as a fan, but what choice do we have? Put our head in the sand and deny? It's it's going to happen. Right. I'm going to bring up, I'm just going to bring up one one story that I, I've, over the summer, Mike and Sherm, I've been following two situations. What's happening in name image likeness? I'm reading everything I can about that. And also the golf tour with the Arabian League and things like that that's going on that's messing up pro golf right now. But on the NIL, I just read an article that at Texas Tech, which has been in the news a lot, the coach of Texas Tech, I believe Jimbo Fisher, feels that NIL could, might cause problems in the locker room where that if you get a handful of guys that are making money and a majority of guys that aren't making any money in there, is that going to cause a rift? Could you lose the locker room? And Texas Tech just came out with a report that said that their booster organization, which is called the Matador Club, has put out an idea that they are going to fund, and again, this is very well-heeled boosters, they are going to fund a $25,000 NIL deal for every scholarship football athlete on the Texas Tech uh, excuse me, Texas A&M on the Texas A&M team so that there's no discord in the locker room reactions. I guess I'll go first. Um, ask yourself, how does it work in pro sports when guys get contracts or in the WNBA? I'm sure women get contracts. Oh, yeah, there, there'll be discord in the locker room. Now you're taking people who are much younger and adding that element. Whether you lose the locker room as a result it's going to test the character of everyone in that locker room to keep the team mentality over the individual mentality. And 
you know, the LIV tour with golf, we're seeing that, right? The PGA yep. losing people because, well, I can make more money doing this for me, what's best for me. And how do you fault a student athlete for having a similar mindset? So unintended consequences, I expect that will be one of them. I really do, Sam. And, and the only thing I'll say is, I think I'd rather be a big fish in a small pond than a small fish in a big pond, hoping I could get some of that extra cash. Uh, so I, I think I'd rather go to a, a school that where I fit in, period. I mean, that's it, the other stuff is gravy. If you if you gravy on your potatoes, if you, if you can make a name for yourself in a sport, but if you want to play the sport and also get a good education, those those are the two things you're there for. Not necessarily in that order, I know, but. <laughs> right. Well, I heard a story secondhand, so I didn't witness this, but I, it stuck with me. Angus Crookshank uh, was a hockey player here at UNH just a couple of years ago. Now he's working his way up with the Ottawa Senators, one of our top prospects, top players, unbelievable guy. When he was being recruited, a lot of other schools would show, here's what the locker room looks like. And when he came to UNH and talked to Coach Mike Souza, and I'm paraphrasing what I heard, he said, I don't need eight TVs in the locker room. Like, that's not what I'm coming <laughs> Yeah, You know, so yeah. you have to find that kind of the kids who understand at New Hampshire, you're not going to become famous. You're part of something bigger than you. Coach Mack preached it forever. The blue collar, lunch bucket, hard hat mentality. Coach Mack still kind of cringes at the new stadium. Because he took pride in having the worst stadium in college football and winning with it. And that yeah. it, it yeah. hardened the kids. And right. you don't want to lose your identity. I don't think New Hampshire is close to having the problems of some of the blue bloods out there. But it, it does change things. And maybe you have to be a little more creative. Coach Santos and his staff definitely have to be more creative. You see it even in social media. When somebody, a high school senior visits, chances are you're going to see them in the uniform with the wildcat in the background, putting pictures on their social media saying, blessed to receive an offer, right? Every yeah. school does it now. And it, you wouldn't have seen that 10 years ago. Right. It's, it's wait till you, you don't put the uniform on until you're on the team, but that's, you have to evolve. And that's one of the uh, examples of it. One of, I was just, just going to say, Sherm, you know, we're talking about all this stuff that's wrong with college sports and all the problems that are happening and with realignment and name image likeness. Just so impressed with what I read the other day, Mike, about the academic honors that UNH just received for their athletes. Yeah. And, you know, when you say, and I don't want to correct you because you have your, your opinion, if it's wrong about college sports, it's hard to say it's different. And I think okay. there are a lot of student athletes. Changing. Change, maybe we're changing. Yeah, it would definitely change it. But the academic, it, that's not going to change here. You know, UNH right. won the Academic Cup in America East for the fifth time in the last seven years. You know, our cross-country team just got 21 in the academic honor roll, men's hockey, volleyball. We, it, it's graduates first, right? I mean, right. you can count on one hand the number of UNH student athletes who became multimillionaires <laughs> outside of this world. There's a heck of a lot more who are working in business or working right. in education or in finance because they came to school here. And that's where you're going to, you know, that's what parents and are looking at when they're deciding where their schools go, the next, their kids go the next four years. And that, that won't change. That will not change with Allison Rich. Well, I also, as that was what I was going to bring up. She made that mention in, in that little snip that we played of, of her press conference that, you know, athleticism or athletics important, but it's the education part of it. You know, it, they go in tandem. That's, that's what, what UNH's focus is, is to make sure whoever graduates has an education. Sure, they can play a sport, but they've got a good education, something to back them up, because we all know 
anything can happen. You can be the best athlete out there and all it takes is a freak injury and, and, and your career is over with. And, and uh, you know, you better have something to fall back on and having a good education and a career to go to. That's, 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 that's important. <laughs> no doubt about it. The Jeez. other thing she said to touch on is sports teaches us what it's like to fail. Right. We want to win, but dealing with adversity at this level is going to prepare you for life. And we hate losing, but you know, you see so much about people how they act after losses or how they bounce back in terms of those things or, or losing a starting job to somebody else. You can't replicate that in, in what, what sports does for people and preparing them for the harsh realities of the real world that awaits them after college. I was going to say about uh, the word I would use when it came to sports, Sam, is evolving. I mean, we talked about it in previous shows, how baseball is evolving. It's trying to become a younger man or younger person's sport uh, for the audience's sake. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it just is. It's, you know, we're we're playing the back nine, kid, and we're heading to the clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> so before, and you brought it up for, uh, in a previous conversation, uh Mike, you're a Jets fan, so I got to ask you about the New York Jets and that and that NFL draft. What 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 do you think? Dare I say I'm optimistic? Um, you, know, you draft somebody named Sauce, you know, a defensive back <laughs> named Sauce Gardner, Sauce and he, Gardner. I'm already in, intrigued. I think Zach Wilson, even though he's you know getting all the uh, social media accolades for his mother's friends right now, I think he improved as the year went along. And it was so bad at the beginning of the year that the numbers don't bear it out. It's a really tough schedule. And, you know, the Patriots are right there and the Bills being who they are and who knows what Miami is. But darn it, I'm ready. I'm ready to be frustrated <laughs> again. Lucy's holding the ball. Charlie Brown's ready to kick. And this time she's not going to pull it away from me. And you got a grandson now that can commiserate with you while you're rocking in the rocking chair. Yeah, he's going to we'll see who's crying louder at about uh, yeah, well, 4.30 on a, on a Sunday afternoon, as I'm used to being upset. <laughs> Mike, what kind of what kind of television coverage will UNH football have this fall? Uh, that's still being discussed, even as we're talking here. You know, NBC Sports Boston has been a terrific partner of ours, and we're, we're still looking at how our game times reflect with what happens with their, their schedule. But in addition, the Flow football package will continue. Flow Sports has done every single CAA conference game home and away. So we'll stream those. If people get the Flow subscription, they can watch UNH home away and have no problems with that. There's one other thing I wanted to ask you about. Uh, I, I touched on the Jets. I know that could be a sore spot. But here's something that you do every year. It's something fun. And, and, I, and I always see it on Facebook. You, guys, you and your son go on a guy's trip every year oh, to yeah. amusement parks. And you guys are roller coaster junkies, right? You love the roller coaster thrill rides. Yes. Okay. Now, uh, of all the ones you've gone to over the years, which one gets you guys or has uh, gotten you guys? Well, as an older, I appreciate you bringing that up because the annual roller coaster trip with my son has been, it goes back to 2013. I mean, he's been loving amusement parks since he was tiny, but every year we go now and it's been a decade plus and, um, but I'm old school. Like every year he finds his top five or he finds them and changes them. And I haven't been to this park in a couple of years, but I compare everything to this ride because it always brings me the most joy. And that is Millennium Force, which is right in uh, Sandusky, Ohio at Cedar Point, which is the Mecca of those who love roller coasters. But I love going to different places. And so does he. And this year we were lucky enough. We were in Salt Lake City, Utah at a park called Lagoon 
And then we're in California. We went up from Sacramento down to San Diego. And whether it's Disney a couple of days or SeaWorld that has rides, we had a great time. I just had a time of our lives. And I cherish those moments, even if he likes the rides a little more than I do at this point. Uh, it's okay to get some of the smaller rides on occasion, which I appreciate he likes to go on those too. That, that's a, that's a good guy trip. I, I, that's something that, uh, you know, you, 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 put, you make out a list of one of those bucket list things. And then that's, that's one of those things you, you want to check off at some point. And that's, I'm happy for you and your son to do that. And now you're a granddaddy. Oh man, you got You got it made in the shade. <laughs> well, I can't wait for my grandson to be old enough to take my spot. So uncle and nephew can go on those trips. And maybe I'll sit in the bench in the shade and just watch, which is still my favorite ride. The best way to get all the greatest and latest on UNH sports is unhwildcats.com. That's right. And you can always go to our social media channels. We have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and a lot of announcements coming up. You know, the uh, hockey schedule is coming out. Football tickets are going on sale. And we're less than a month away, guys, from the start of the right. season. Soccer will be starting up in mid-August. Early August, all the fall teams will be here, and great. We'll get out of this heat and get back to some good weather, so we can get together here at the stadium. Are you still doing Wildcast, the podcast? The Wildcast will be back. I have to have Allison Rich on. I'm trying to chase down Marty Scarano for a last episode because 22 years can imagine the stories that he would share. Uh, but it's been kind of an, ever since that vacation we just talked about. Um, it's been a little quieter around here, so I haven't chased as many people down. But I love it. I love being able to talk with people, the movers and shakers here at UNH, no shortage of, of personalities and stories. You do a great job with it. Sam, you got the two minute drill for us and then we'll let Mike go. I, again, my two minute drill, uh, I'm just going to go back to baseball, Sherm, uh, where we are just uh, moving through the all-star break right now. And, you know, I, I keep rooting for baseball. I want baseball to be back in, in, in its heyday. I want it to be the number one sport. Uh, but they just keep shooting themselves in the foot. They had a home run derby the other night that uh, first it started out with the players getting out and they were, they were scared of all the, the effects that they had behind them. They Perfect. thought they were, yeah. they thought they were going to get burnt or blown up or something like that. And then they get into the home run derby and they can't even count the number of home runs. Right. Uh, <laughs> You know, they got the count wrong on a, a Schwarber versus Pujols matchup. I mean, all you got to do is count. It goes one, two, three, and they couldn't get that right. <laughs> Baseball just can't do it. They just can't get it right. And let's hope that they have an exciting second half of the season. Yeah, and hope the Red Sox can uh, get some pitching back again. Now that they've lost sale again, this isn't, this isn't good. Uh, Mike, you got something for our two-minute drill, sir. I think it goes back to a theme that we've talked about here a lot on this episode, and that is embracing change. And I'm not somebody who really likes change just for the sake of change. That's why I enjoy seeing you guys. It reminds me of years and years of, of good times and, and, and memories. But everything here at UNH is changing. New director of athletics, new football coach, new era. Have to embrace that. Baseball. I, we hadn't talked about that, but I don't watch baseball the same way I did five years ago, let alone 10, 20 years ago, but you have to find out, okay, the game is changing. I better change my perspective on things and having a new member of the family as my grandson, that's exciting change. I'm definitely embracing that change and uh, looking forward to just being part of it, evolving along with it, because if you don't adapt, you'll be left behind. Well, I have two quick items for the two minute drill and uh, just updates on things that happened in the, Granite State, since we last spoke, uh, 
first off, I guess we'll go with the uh, NASCAR up in Loudoun, the big race. Uh, they had uh, Chris Bell, Christopher Bell, one of the young guns, came up the winner. And uh, we were talking about it in our podcast. Uh, Sam and I kicked it around. I said, probably it would be a young gun that would win the thing. But the old timers were hanging in there, too. Uh, Chase Elliott was number two. Bubba Wallace came in third. And then the old timers, Martin Truex, Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, and Brad Keselowski in that order. So congratulations to uh, Chris Bell, Christopher Bell, uh, one of the new young guns. And then congratulations to Brandon Gillis from Nashville Country Club. He won the state amateur golf tournament that took place over at Abenaki Country Club this past week. Uh, he beat out Laconia's Jim Silly. And uh, he came in and he was a finalist last year. And he said his goal was to take it all. And congratulations, Brandon, you did. And and one question to, before we wrap up, Mike, what, what is your, your handle going to be for your grandson? I am Pop-Pop. Pop-Pop. Okay. All right. I am definitely Pop-Pop. Like Pop Lacey and Pop Bush back in the United States. Pop-Pop <laughs> is right here. Double Pop. And what about you know, Grandma Tish? Is she going to be Grandma? Grammy? She's Grammy. Okay. All she right. has a Grammy shirt, so she's already ahead of me. She already got herself hey. geared up. Pop, hey, pop, and Grammy. Yep. The ladies are always ahead of us when it comes to having grandkids. <laughs> no question about that. Well, congratulations to both of you and your and your family uh, on the new edition. Good luck to Dr. Allison Rich, the new director of athletics at the University of New Hampshire, but also congratulations and, and happy retirement to Marty Scarano and all the years that he put in as the director of athletics at uh, UNH and uh, job well done. And so on behalf of our special guest, Mike Murphy and Sam Bruno, I'm Sherm Chester inviting you to join us for the next edition of the Seaco Sports Forum. Don't forget to watch the episodes of the Seaco Sports Forum on our Seaco Sports Forum YouTube page. And when you're there, hit the bell to subscribe and like us. And if you have any sports photos or game videos you'd like to send us or comments, Seaco Sports Forum at yahoo.com.